I'm WSB's Mark Aram. Depend on the WSB Breaking News Center for immediate, immediate breaking news, severe weather alerts, or a traffic red alert whenever and wherever they strike. Immediately accurate WSB. Depend on it. Hey, this is former governor of Texas, Rick Perry, and you're listening to the Mark Aram Show on WFB. No, I want this town to be near you. No. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on WSB, filling in for Mark Aram. We are covering the kind of post-election mood. Uh, Mark will be back tomorrow at his regular time, Friday. Uh, He'll be back 10 to midnight. And I'll be back at my regular time, which is Saturday, 3 to 6, after football season is over. So sometime in December. But what we're talking about now, I'm kind of making a record. I'm chronicling what we expect right now. It's two days after the election. What do you expect from a Trump presidency as a reflection of what you think about him, what you what he promised on the campaign trail, what you fear? There are a lot of protesters out there. Uh, maybe there are some concrete fears of, of something he could actually get accomplished that will scare people. I don't know. So call me. Let me know. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I'm going to try to zip through. If you're on hold, I'm going to do the calls real fast so that we can get as many in as we can. I also want to read some tweets at Monica Perez Show. Uh, I have my producer, Binkley, here in studio. Binkley, you got a uh, tweet for me? Kick us off. We come down from dancing. When we come down from dancing on the ceiling, we can... Never stop fighting for truth, liberty, and justice for all. That is actually a great point, because what we were talking about a little bit earlier, I always think there's something going on behind the scenes. I thought this was rigged for Hillary. I thought it was obvious. And I have to learn that when I think it's obvious, it totally isn't. (laughs) So even if there is something going on behind the scenes, I can see the flags, the indication of what's going on. I know what the agenda is, ultimately world government, I would say in a nutshell. But these methods and the path, sometimes I don't know. So I have to think, you know, what is this really a victory for the people or uh, is it just um, a nod to our power, but uh, just a pause in the action? Is it a full out um, psyop with some other plan, a psychological operation where there's another that this was really plan A? I don't know. And and I'm kind of like exhausted from trying to figure it all out because it isn't it isn't it isn't really clear the machinations of power. So what I concluded, which is always where I end up, always, 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 I don't know who's on top of the pyramid. I don't know if there's a shadow government, a power elite. I think there is, but uh, it doesn't matter who they are or what they're doing. If you always use as your touchstone, moral, uh, your moral touchstones, your political touchstones, uh, don't kill, don't steal, 
and and politically, I think the most important thing is the Bill of Rights. No matter who's in office, make sure you defend those Bill of Rights. And if they're not defending them for you, if they're encroaching on them, that's your flag. You don't have to know who's behind it or what the purpose was. So I think, actually... There might be, and I never believe in un- unintended consequences, but there might be a little bit of an unintended consequence if the left looks, because it looks like they're looking towards D.C. with fear now, like, uh, you know, a lot of conservatives do when they're liberals there. Maybe they will then start to understand how an absolute unswerving dedication to each and every one of the Bill of Rights is there to is is imperative and pr- can protect you from a federal government that you don't feel like you can trust. What do you want the Second Amendment for? And the Tenth Amendment, which really reserves all this stuff, abortion, gay marriage, everything to the states. Don't make them federal issues if you don't want to risk being told what to do from some guy you don't like. So uh, I think there's just we're going to have a lot to talk about. I'm not going to get to all of it tonight. But let's go to the calls and really try to get to as many of those as we can. I'm going to John in Woodstock. John, you're on with Monica. Hello? Hey, John. Go. You're on the air. Um, Yeah, I was telling your screener, and by the way, I really appreciate your insight on things. I kind of hope you take over Eric Erickson's slot because he's (laughs) totally worthless. People are um, mad at him now, that's for sure. But anyway, so... His outlook is just uh, trite. You're a... a breath of fresh air. You and I share one thing. We're both constitutionalists, and I think that is great. Yep. Um, my my concern is is that for the last 16 years, eight, uh, eight years of Bush and eight years of Obama, there really hasn't been much difference. It's just what do they spend money on? Um, and in 2000, everybody thought that, uh, you know, all this stuff that we're talking about today is conspiracy. And now the vast majority of people, especially during this election, have realized this is not conspiracy. It's actually true. The fourth leg of government, the mass media, has really let us down. And this election was won because of social media and because of Trump's uh, total uh, command of that. In 2000, we talked technically about something called convergence, where the phone companies and the cable companies would converge, and they would, uh, no one knew who was going to win, whether it was going to be AT&T or the cable companies. What has happened is convergence has happened, but convergence not technically, convergence politically. And what this election has done is opened it up and given the Internet the power that it deserves. What Obama did in the last month is he gave control of the Internet over to the United Nations, and that's got to stop. I hope that Trump, one of the first things he does is pull the naming convention back to the United States. We invented DARPA. We invented the Internet. we got to hold on to that because mass media, as we know it, is a thing of the past. People are not going to wait around for the 9 o'clock news. They're going to get it on demand. This is an on-demand world, and the only way to deliver that is with a free Internet. Well, I'll tell you, John, that is on the top of my list of things I am worried about. The naming thing of the U.N., I've read mixed articles about that, whether that's like the critical path item. But I'll tell you, I did a blog post recently when I totally thought Hillary was going to 
be in for sure. And this was just a few days ago. It was an article that had Obama, Melania Trump and Vernon Jordan. I don't know if people still remember that guy. He was an advisor of Bill. He uh, was saying we need to have all of them kind of said similar things. A few pieces put together. If you put it all together, was that we need to have some kind of screens on the Internet to screen for truth versus falsehood for priorities. This was Vernon Jordan kind of encapsulated everything. But that reflected Obama's uh, words a little bit. You can read it on MonicaPereshow.com. But then he talked about Vernon Jordan said we need a way to require a certain civility or level of discourse on social media. And to me, that's a screening content, tone, everything. That's really bad. I do not want to lose the First Amendment. But I was a little alarmed when I realized that Melania is going to need like her first lady thing to do because I had highlighted a speech that she had made, which was covered in the same journal um, section as that Vernon Jordan article, which was also a speech he made. Where she said what upsets her, what we need to do, what we need to figure out and a solution to is children and teens being victimized on social media, being uh, bullied, being spoken to disrespectfully or meanly. And so one thing I want us to watch out for, and I, I agree with you, it would be great if Trump hit this head on in a good way, but I am a little afraid that we're going to have uh, that because of the power of the Internet, that social media will be clawed back or they will at least attempt it. And the funny thing is, sometimes when you rise to power in a certain method, I'm not saying he's like a tyrannical dictator, but I'm just saying if there are operatives around him who want to stay at the top, they might see that power and say, oh, we should shut the door to that while we still, uh, you know, while we're on top. I remember when uh Cigarette smoking, when advertising was banned, it was Marlboro that was behind the ban because they were number one and they didn't want anybody else to have that ability to advertise stuff away. So that's just a, a concern, but it's not. Uh, but I still have the hope that we will make uh, go reverse course. That would be great. I'm going to Greg in Atlanta. Greg, you're on with Monica. Hi, how are you doing this evening? Good. How are you doing? Um, I, I just find it kind of odd that that people are in shock about what happened. And really, you can break this country up 50-50. You have the 50% of people that support everything that happens in our lives, and then you have the other 50% that, that basically have to be reliant on the 50 that provide. So what you've got here is the silent majority of Americans that – really don't go social media. They basically live their lives, they work hard, and they expect the things to be done. And over the last eight years, we've just witnessed just madness that's happened from our government. And and, and this is no surprise whatsoever that, that's happened. I mean, you know, if, if you chronologically go down the list of things that have happened over the last eight years, you know, when a president comes out and says, I'm going to reduce your medical bill or your, your, your premium by $2,500, and you're going to be able to keep your doctor. And that doesn't happen. Then, then you start scratching your head. Well, well, he told me that's what's going to happen. Why didn't it happen? Then, then you have a, a president that sides with somebody and says, if I had a son that looked like Trayvon Martin, and he sided with somebody in, a, in an incident that happened that there was no verdict or there was no judgment against anybody being charged 
yet he sided with one side. But and here's basically yeah, that's where he started Black Lives Movement. He created Oh yeah, Eric Holder started that those wheels moving on purpose. I mean, we heard that he actually wanted to institute or instigate uh, kind of community uprisings, and we've seen it develop from there. But what what I just my my cast of mind that power that there is power behind the scenes. Maybe it works a little bit differently from just the ham handed uh, thing that I expected when I saw Hillary on that juggernaut, or or certainly being covered on all angles by the politicos and by the media and everything. It, it, what what amazed me is that that these powers somehow, even if they had the power to rig the vote for Hillary, they really felt like they either could not. Uh, they had to listen to the people who were disgruntled over Obama. I really thought there would be no turning back. And I don't know if that's what this is. Uh, and I don't know if they plan on um, uh, regaining their, their direction. I really, you know, it's hard for me to understand now why they felt that they had to uh they had to respond to those concerns because I just felt like the media actually silenced that quite a bit. And certainly with the Tea Party and Ron Paul, the establishment, the media pushed back on that and really did put it down. But this, we didn't see that here. And that's really what uh, I think we're going to have to watch and see how it unfolds over the next year or two. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This is Monica Perez filling in for Mark Aram. And we are talking about what to expect from a Trump presidency. I am a libertarian. I always like to look at uh, the principles of... Uh, limited government, the Bill of Rights, basic morality. I'm talking don't steal and don't kill as a, like a bare minimum I expect from my government. Unfortunately, they often <laughs> steal and kill. I feel like that's their only actual function from their point of view. But uh, let us hope for the best. I'm, I'm making a chronicle of what we expect from the Trump presidency right now uh, on the air. So give me a call and get your two cents in. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to David in Tucker. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. Hi. Months ago, I told you the Democrats might uh, pull Hillary and put in crazy Joe Biden, and they should have done it. Mm, well, yeah. Here's the thing. I am still struggling to understand what this, what I call the governmental, corporate governmental continuum, which includes like the media and everything else, like how, what the real structure is. I mean, I, I feel like the Republicans and the Democrats both have done things that torpedoed their own candidate. And what does that mean? Are they all reporting to some higher up? I usually think so. But this thing has kind of thrown me for a loop. You think, yeah, I mean, you think Biden could have won. What about Bernie Sanders? He had the zeitgeist. Sanders versus Trump would have been fascinating because you get two outsiders with remarkably different positions. That would have been really fascinating. I don't know how it would have come out. It would have been because you would have had like populism from two angles. I think that would have been really interesting. Yeah, the one the one thing I wanted to point out, uh, you asked for the one thing we're looking for, Trump. I'm looking for a mainstream conservative justice to be appointed because the, the Republicans do not have 60 votes in the Senate to get uh, a 
an arch conservative through. So they're going to wind up with a mainstream conservative justice point. That's what I think is going to happen. And I'll, I'll be happy with that. Do you have a name in mind that you can throw out there? Not really. No. And, and also bear in mind, justices oftentimes drift in their political persuasion once they get out of court because no one can pull them off. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then you see their, their, uh, their true colors shining through. And just a matter of time, because some of them are on there for decades. Yeah, and they get old. And you know what? When you live, like, in a bubble like that, I always think, like, people who are really insulated from the world because just because of fame or a fortune or whatever, they can lose touch. And if you have people around you, like sycophants, people who won't say no to you, it can really distort your judgment. If I were to pick a Supreme Court justice, it really would be Andrew Napolitano. I sure love Judge Knapp. Wish he still had a show on Fox. Uh, let's keep this conversation going. Lots more calls. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. This is Monica Perez. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, filling in for Mark Aram, who will be back at his regular time tomorrow, 10 to midnight, weeknights. And I will be back at my regular time, Saturdays 3 to 6, when football season is over. So if you've missed me, I have some podcasts and stuff I do offline that you can get on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. I do it with my... uh, producer who's here in studio Binkley and what we're going to do we've been talking right now about uh what to expect from a Trump presidency I've got lots of calls I want to take this opportunity to get your thoughts on the show chronicle them and then we're going to revisit it in a year or two years from now and I was going to do mine I've been interjecting my thoughts but I was going to do yeah, every single one of them in order, but that uh, I'm going to do that with Binkley on our podcast, which is called The Propaganda Report, uh, after the show. And so in the meanwhile, I've got lots of calls. I can take a few more. I, I was hoping to hear from, we're talking a lot about what people expect from Trump who expect good things, who like his campaign promises and want to see him uh, put those into action, but there are protesters all over the place, and there's suspicion that uh, they're whatever they call astroturf or whatever. But I was seeing some interviewed who, you know, even when if they do kind of promote these things, they're definitely many, many, many real people who show up and have genuine fears. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Binkley, weren't you telling me that uh, basically that is all you encountered today or over the past couple of days that you did not, that um, people were expressing? I don't know if it was just emotion or fear or what. It, it was definitely a combination of uh, some emotion, emotional fear where they, a lot of the, the, the propaganda talking points that Hillary was pushing that they believed were going to come true, like that he was going to, that abortion was going to be banned, you know, across the entire nation and, and gay marriage is, is going to be reversed and it's going to become illegal and, and the LBGT community is going to just be treated horribly and that uh, he's going to, he's best friends with Russia and, and that's just, just all these kind of, the, the worst case scenario propaganda that was being pushed by Hillary is it's really kind of stuck in a lot of their minds, it seems like anyway. But it also that kind of reveals, in my opinion, a, a uh, this idea of like a president king, you know, where exactly. he does everything. But that's why I have I really hope 
I'm not sure I have hope, but I would like to hope that this will be an opportunity for people uh, in that in that group, these protesters to look and say, wow, this is what it's like to have a federal government that I think is going to supersede the state that I live in. So I can't move out. And that's what happens when you make things that should be covered by the 10th Amendment suck at the state level like abortion, like gay marriage, that stuff should not be a federal issue. It shouldn't even be in the presidential campaign. So now they might be on the side of saying, oh, we need to restore the 10th Amendment and states' rights. I have little hope for that because they would have to have a leader who actually explained that stuff to them. And I don't think that battle has been won. So anyway, let's uh, let's get back to some calls. I'm going to go to Scott in Marietta. Scott, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, I think that Trump is going to have a historic opportunity. I think but by the time he finishes his second term, he will have nominated half of the Supreme Court justices. I, I was thinking, of- yeah, the Supreme Court is he could really make a difference. And I wonder if people have a sense of what he might go for. I think the last caller said he would be like conciliatory and try to go to somebody middle of the road in order so. to get it approved. I don't approved. think so. No. I think his first one's going to be William Pryor of Alabama because he owes Jeff Sessions big time and Sessions. He owes Pryor Jeff Sessions. That's true, yeah. And you know what? It wouldn't even surprise me if he nominated Jeff Sessions. If Jeff asked for it, I think he would give it. And a lot of people don't remember that Reagan nominated him to an appellate court previously. So if he wanted, I think he could have it. But no, I think in his first term he'll he'll nominate a uh, a replacement for Ginsburg who will croak, for Kennedy who will croak, and for uh, uh, we got one Republican that will retire. Um, and then, of course, we've got the open seat right now. So he'll have four in his first term, and then you'll have a couple of conservatives retire in his second term. So he will have ended up nominating five justices. I think they'll be true constitutionalists, and I think people will be surprised, that, uh, and the libertarians will be surprised. I think he will uphold Second Amendment rights. I think he will uh, enshrine gay marriage, because I think it'll be the, the constant. I think the judges will, will back out of it and say that that's not our business, that they will uh, they'll let it go. But I also think they'll overturn abortion. So I think the the, uh, the liberals are going to go crazy over the abortion, but they'll like the gay rights part. Well, very interesting. I'm going to uh, just make a few comments about that, and then I want to take off some more calls. Uh, I believe there is a, a a question since there there is Republican control. It's not overwhelming. It's not. Um, uh, super majority or anything like that, but for Senate, Congress, and the White House, the way the Republicans dealt with their control of the Congress and Senate was to uh, be totally conciliatory to Obama. Like, that was shocking to me. I didn't understand why they didn't use their power. I doubt the Democrats will treat it the same way, but they could. They could say, if we really are obstructionists here on the Supreme Court stuff, uh, we'll will really look bad and we don't like to be the ones who look like the obstructionists i really don't know the roe v wade thing i do not think they will ever overturn i mean let me put it this way they absolutely need roe versus wade as a as a way that uh the supreme court is the deciding factor to keep people committed to the republican democrat thing no matter how much you hate your side know that your party's betrayed you the ultimate last final thing everyone always says is but the supreme court and abortion and gun rights are the things i think it's unlikely they would overturn roe versus wade because then there wouldn't be you know to, to retry that case and get it reinstituted it seems unlikely uh, then abortion would be off the table as a federal issue. And I think just politically, they don't. nobody wants that because it's so polarizing. They just love that stuff. 
So thank you for the great call. I am going to Marlena in Woodstock. You are on with Monica. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I just, uh, one thing that um, sticks out in my mind when it comes to Donald Trump, among the many things that I actually do like about him, was uh, that my father always told me you want a good businessman in office. And when you're in business, which I've been in business for myself in the past, you always want to make a profit. And it seems that he, he knows how to make deals happen. He knows how to, you know, financially get things going and get things on track. So I'm thinking, you know, that he's going to help our country. And one of those big things is taxes, you know, cutting taxes, which is going to create jobs and, you know, put more money, uh, you know, in lower income to middle income people. And in that way, it could, it's going to help stimulate our country by putting more money back in our hands. You know? I, yeah, I have a couple of uh, responses to that. I feel like uh, if I like cutting taxes, I really think it's important to not cut taxes without cutting spending. I don't like like the Grover Norquist approach, which is I'm not going to argue with you on the spending, but you can never raise taxes. For me, I feel like when you let them spend without taxing, you push that burden to the next generation and the people who are voting now don't feel that pain. I'm all for cutting taxes and I'm all for cutting spending. I mean, like 90% of spending. I'm I'm uh, an extreme libertarian. I think the functions of federal government are practically none. Uh, and, I, and, and as far as him being a businessman, I'm uh, I would love it if he takes his business acumen and uses it on our behalf. There is always the possibility, if you look at his record, that his, he's great at business uh, for his own behalf. So he'll say, well, I had to contribute to Democrats and Republicans because there's where the action is. I had to declare bankruptcy because that's that was the right angle. Now, that's the kind of thing that comes down to really the basic question is, do you think that guy is uh, sincere on your side or, um, you know, is there more going on behind the scenes than you know? So we'll see. I think we'll start seeing that when you see the appointments. You see the real impact, even when they call them unintended consequences of the way, you know, they say the devil's in the details. That'll be interesting. Thank you so much for the call. I'm going to Dave in Kennesaw. Hi, Dave. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Thanks for taking my call. I'd like to see Trump do four things in his administration. I'd Number one is, and you and I share kind of a kinship here, is I have a special needs nephew with fragile life, so I'd like to see him, number one, uh, reverse Obamacare. And number two, I'd like to see him lower the tax rate for businesses doing um, or establishing a business in the uh, United States since we have the second highest business tax rate in America. And um, I, like the other day from uh, Tucker mentioned, I'd like to see him, you know, place a conservative in place of Alito or Alito-like, um, you know, judge on the Supreme Court. And uh, the other thing is, I'd, you know, just like him to lower, you know, tax rates for the middle class. Yeah, I, I look at the. First of all, thank you for the nod to my son who has Down syndrome. I really, when I started seeing the euthanasia stuff and. Uh, you know, I am a hardcore libertarian, but I'm also a bit of a student of history, and I 
Think of Pope Benedict's cousin, like at the age of 15, he had Down syndrome and he, the Nazis came to power and he disappeared. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> so I actually got my son. I'm, I am an Irish citizen. My grandmother and grandfather were from Ireland and I got him Irish citizenship because they have lots of Downs kids over there because they don't have abortion. So I, I really felt that. Well, I haven't voted in 10 years. And if, I didn't have two nephews, one with special needs like your son. I would not have voted. I would have sat home and because I did not want to vote for either candidate. But, you know, I I just, because of what I listened with, with Hillary and everything, and the ideas that she supported with Obama, I I just could not do that with my special needs nephew. I, I've I've seen and I I know people who have lost their insurance because of Obamacare, and I did not want to see my special needs nephew lose the insurance that provides him with the opportunities to get better and to thrive. It's a very that's a very motivating thing because I had really given up on the political system, completely lost all hope. Obamacare came down the pipe, and I really, nothing could get me off the couch for, like, a political rally. But I went down and marched against Obamacare every single time they had a march. I mean, even the day it passed, or that weekend it passed, which was, like, Easter, I think, Easter Sunday, you know, it was so nasty. But uh, it'll really get you off the couch when you think that, you know, you know you have a responsibility to your kids. And I would also say for the Supreme Court justices, uh, I... I like the way you said conservative. Dave, the other Dave said constitutionalist, and I really like that. I like you can really just read the Constitution and pretty much understand what it says. It's very limited, and uh, I I think that even people now who are worried about Roe versus Wade, who are worried about gay marriage from the left, if they if they see that it's really just limiting the federal government. You can do whatever you want in your state. Uh, let's get a, a constitutionalist, a textualist. That's what I liked, Scalia, on the courts. That would be great to have a bunch of those. Um, that might be beyond my hopes. I think he'll probably compromise. Uh, and as we're going to wrap it up after the break, this is Monica Perez. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This is Monica Perez and for Mark Aram. Wrapping up the show, Mark will be back tomorrow. I've got time for one more call. I'm going to Jamie in Buford. Hi, Jamie. You're on with Monica. Hey, hello, Monica. Uh, this is, um, my name is Jamie. Uh, I see that you got the last name that is uh, Hispanic. Perez? Yes. my It's my husband. His father grew up in Mexico City and his grandfather grew up in Puerto Rico. So I've got oh, okay. yeah, a co- couple I'm, of cultural I'm... influences. Yeah, I'm from Colombia, and I have been in this country 32 years. Uh, I haven't become, I'm a permanent resident um, like 30 years ago, and when I came to this country, I was an illegal. You know, I just lost the the fly back. Um, But um, uh, I'm pretty much, I'm like a Democrat. I consider myself like conservative, but um, I'm a Democrat. Uh, and I was very depressed when Donald Trump uh, got the presidency, right? But now we need to stand behind him and everything. Um, I don't agree a lot with the Republican Party, and I see that the, one of the uh, one of the callers um, 
uh, a moment ago call about that uh, 50% of the people in this country, they are working and the other 50% uh, are they living from the one that they are working. And I agree with him, only that the 50% that he refers to, uh, I disagree with him, which one is the 50 and the other 50, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but but I was telling the I did let that slide, and I think that's uh, the topic for a robust discussion about what that really means and how much of that comes from government policies, welfare floors, stuff like that. I think that there's a lot to that that we should talk about another time. I've only got like a few, one more minute, so give okay, me let your me, last let me, thought. Let me just make my point yeah. right, right quick. You said that what we expect from um, uh, Donald Trump, I think that he got to earn it. You know, um, um, I look CNN, I, I watch CNN uh, in the breaks at work, and that I work in Alfarera, and I saw today that he tweeted something about the people that they were... Um, um, uh, protesting against, against him and his um, administration that is going to start soon. And, and he was like whining, you know? He uh. was saying, oh, so unfair and everything. If I were beat Donald Trump, this is what I would have done. And, uh, he lost a very good opportunity. He should tweet something or go on national television and say, to all of you who are protesting against me or something like that, I want to let you know that and I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I'm uh, I'm going to be your president. I, I, I know, but to... here's the th- here's the I heard Michael Reagan say this, uh, and I thought it was worth thinking about. He said he really can't look like he's going to make a 180 right away. He's got to wait and get his ducks in a row, wait till he gets in office. Uh, I think he does have to build that bridge, and I actually think he will. This is Monica Perez. You can catch my show with Binkley, The Propaganda Report, at my website, monicaperezshow.com, and I'll be back after football Saturdays from 3 to 6. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.